Welcome to the First Down Rundown podcast, where we give you a holistic view of the world of sports. Whether you're a casual fan or an avid fan, this is the place for you. And once again, it is not Hayden Vozar's voice uh, entering you into this podcast. It is Matt Vozar. That is me. Um, I am uh, I'm doing a doing a I'm riding solo again. Hayden, uh, as we've kind of discussed in, in in previous episodes, he's obviously finishing out his third year in college. He's got final exams. He's got papers. He's got tests. Uh, he's got trips. He's 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 doing a lot of stuff, right? Because uh, that's what you do in your last couple of years in college. That's you know that's obviously what you do now. For me, in in my kind of when I was that age, when I was in that range of of territory, when we're talking about the end of college and everything like that. Well, it was 2020 in my third year of college, and then 2021 was my fourth year of college, and so both of those years were the primary years of the pandemic, in which. Really, no, nothing happened, and you couldn't really do anything. But you still had the same amount of papers and tests and everything. So, uh, definitely, uh, you know, good that good that Hayden's getting out. And obviously, he too, he was a he was like a freshman sophomore when those two years were going on. So he didn't really make many friends um, to, to to begin his college career, which I'm kind of kind of subtweeting him at this point. But uh, but no, it's good that it's good that he's you know had some time to 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 you know, enjoy college as it's supposed to be, because especially for his first two years, he couldn't do that. Right. Whereas my first two years were great. Um, so, you know, we just kind of got, a, got the short end of the stick here, just being, you know, uh, kids who grew up in the early two thousands. And, and now we're, you know, now we kind of got screwed during the college years of, of when COVID was at its worst. So it is what it is, but here we are. Uh, like I said, it is, it is me for a solo pod here. As you can see from the title, the first round is over, right? The first round of the NHL and the NBA playoffs are both over now. We're already starting the second round, as we've as we've already had some upsets, a lot of upsets in the second round, uh, or the first couple games of these second rounds of, of, of all these series. So, obviously, the purpose of this podcast is to basically just recap every single series, right, of, of the first round, both the NBA and the NHL. I'm I'm not going to go super in depth um, if, with regards to you know the 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 stats and the whoever was should have like I'm not going to go crazy about it, uh, but I wanted to hit all of them right because obviously you know we have fans of of every team out there so we want to you know pay respects to the teams that obviously moved on but the teams that also uh, were were knocked out during that process and, and and again there's a lot to cover right so I mean it's essentially 16 series here between uh, between the two sports uh, and then. It, Depending on time, might have some time at the end to kind of just go over, um, you know, a little bit more NFL, NFL draft talk. Obviously, we kind of we did a lot of that on the last episode. Actually, that was in the entire episode of an, over an hour. Uh, the last time we talked, but we also we worked in the Lamar contract and the Aaron Rodgers news too. So uh, there's going to be a lot of stuff. I think you know, still still things to get to. Uh, like I don't think we talked about Will Levis at all. So uh, so that'll be something that we can that we can dive into. Maybe if we have a little bit of time at the end. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to spend too much time on the intro. I mean, I already kind of have, <laughs> but um, oh, oh, I also got a new microphone. So this is this is the first time you're hearing me. Hopefully it sounds better than I have previously. And if you haven't listened to this podcast previously, then welcome. Uh, listen to this episode in its entirety, but then also go back and listen to previous episodes, not only to compare how good my voice sounds into the into the microphone, but also to just be here for the ride, man. I mean, this is a great, this is a great, a great show, a great podcast. We talk about everything on here, uh, as I, as I outlined in the intro there. So yes, I got a new microphone, so hopefully it sounds better. Ho- hopefully it sounds good. I think it's actually the same one that Hayden has. Um, so that will also hopefully kind of make us or allow us to sound a little bit, a little bit similar here, especially when, you know, we're going back and forth. Cause a lot of times too, we're on zoom. So it's, you know, it's, it's not always 
right here, you know, you're you're getting the audio feed like directly from uh, you know, the Zoom meeting much or you know, when we would prefer it to be obviously in person where we're kind of right next to each other, which is why we're kind of going tangents a little bit because we're kind of got that, you know, that feedback loop is a little bit, a little bit delayed there. But, uh, but yeah, hopefully you, you notice that my, I sound a little bit better, somewhat more clear. Uh, I was using a, uh, a, I mean, whatever. I mean, the microphones aren't that expensive, like, especially if it's, you know, I mean, this is my passion. This is what I love to do. So I uh, spent a little money on a new microphone and, and here we go. Um, and, and I'll go over that with Hayden on, on his next episode. Speaking of that, I don't know when, He's going to be back because um, we were talking. He said that he couldn't do today. And then I said, oh, that's fine. You know, we'll, we'll do another episode Friday or Saturday. He said that he's going to Nashville <laughs> this weekend. I'm like, dude, what do you, you want to invite me to some of this stuff? I mean, what are we doing here? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, hopefully he has fun. He's going with one of his roommates. Um, I haven't even been anywhere close to Nashville, much less. I mean, he's just going with one of his roommates and he's like, all right, cool. I'm like, hey, you know, I, uh, I'll just be. I'll just be watching the the Kraken and the stars, you know, on uh, Saturday night and sitting by myself and playing Xbox. Uh, but no, seriously, I mean, again, that's that's just part of being college. And he told me, too, he's like, I want to take advantage of these opportunities when he has them. And, and you know, that that's exactly what he should be doing, especially because, like I said, he didn't have, you know, basically a first two years of college. So. Uh, so. Right. So. So in terms of next episodes, I. I, I it doesn't. I don't really know. <laughs> um, I probably won't do a solo episode again this weekend. Again, the, we try to get as many episodes out as we can, just because that you know, especially for how kind of small the podcast is right now, that's at least a going to you know be more chances that we're you know we're able to be listened to by by our fans out there or by you know new people listening to the pod. Uh, but as well, you know, it helps us just kind of perfect our craft, right? I mean, at the end of the day, like nobody's perfect and 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 the more that you do something, the more you practice, the better you get. So at the end of the day, you know, it's it's best to it's best to kind of do as much as you can. So I don't really have much coming up this weekend. So I might just do a, a another solo pod. I don't really know what I'd be talking about. Maybe, you know, maybe some preview in football or something like that. Um Maybe some golf and F one talk. I don't. I don't really know, but I'll try to get something out there. Just even if it's you know 30, 30 minutes or so, uh, and then Hayden should be back next week again. It's it's kind of. I think it's finals week either this week or next week. I think he's studying this. I don't even know the schedule. Um, so he might not be on here for a little bit more either. But, you know, we'll again, we'll figure it out. So uh, all that being said, and, and now that we're, you know, that we're almost, uh, we're over five minutes here on the intro, uh, let's get into the uh, the playoffs. Let's, let's let's start recapping the series. So I'm going to start with the NBA first, but then we're going to go, go go NHL just because, I mean, the NBA is more popular than the NHL. But I feel like, too, we had, uh, you know, th- I think there was big drama in the NHL, but it was kind of just the Bruins uh, and the Avalanche being upset uh all the other series actually there were actually no other upset series so technically on the seed lines like the one through four seeds the panthers as the four seed and the uh the kraken as the four seed beating the one seed bruins and avalanche those were the only upsets every other series all six other favorites or technically higher seeds uh won their won their series so there wasn't much drama beyond those two now obviously those two were kind of the biggest ones because it was a four seed beating a one seed in which both four seeds were the biggest underdogs to beat those one seeds right so uh so 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 definitely some drama there but the NBA obviously has, I mean, there were a lot more upsets. There was a lot more storylines and a lot more stars to kind of, you know, just just talk about everything that happened. Obviously, the the first thing right off the bat, it has to be the Heat beating the Bucks four to one, right? So the Heat beat the Bucks in five games, and it it really just it speaks to obviously the you know the amazingness of Jimmy Butler, right? So he was the star of the series. He he pulled his teams from the depth of you know all loss and 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 everything else to to be able to 
to you know to win this series against the Bucks, and, and so you obviously walk away from the series. You know, he he scored fifty six points, I think, in Game Four, uh, and that was the fourth highest scoring playoff game all time, right? So I think, I mean, I know. Michael Jordan had one of those. Um, Donovan Mitchell had 57 uh, in, a, in, a, in a playoff game in 2020. So, so that was just three years ago. But right, I mean, you know, he quite literally made history uh, in that game, and that was the one too where the you know the Bucks you you know they're down two one. All right, you're expecting them to win to win uh, game four, and and they're up. I think they were up like 16. You know, in the, in the fourth quarter at one point. And hey, you know, Jimmy Butler, Jimmy buckets. Uh, he he said no, ma'am, and and he took that game took that game back basically all on his own. And uh, and it was it was one of those crazy things too where I was listening to another podcast that, that was talking about this, but it's like. He scored, I think, 22 in the first quarter, and you're looking at this guy, and you're like, how is he even still moving? And you even sell him on the court. I mean, he's like, you know, bending over, like hands on his knees, uh, not in the way that you would think in terms of, uh, you know, the popular music culture in our in our day nowadays. No, he was hands on his knees, like heavy breathing, couldn't even catch his breath because of how, you know, how hard he was playing and all that, you know, he was giving of the game. So... You're like, okay, this, you know, he he did great. He's he's playing really well, but the Bucks were still winning at that point. You're like, there's no way that you know. I mean, as as great as he has been, and there's no way that they're going to be able to, uh, to to you know, to come back from this. And, and, and no, lo and behold, he scores. Uh, you know, he scores, I think, 23 again in the fourth quarter, and you're like, this guy is just an absolute dog. So, uh, yeah. So obviously, it was an amazing, amazing win by the Heat over the Bucks, and. So here's the thing, right? Giannis got injured in game one. And, and and I remember watching this game one and being and seeing Giannis go down, and I'm like, oh, gosh, you know, here we go. All we need is for the best player, arguably the best player. Well, he is the best player on the best team. The Bucks, you know, had the most regular season wins uh, in the entire league, 58 wins this year, and Giannis is, the, is their best player. So uh, to some extent, you know, you could always argue that Giannis, you know, is, should be in the MVP conversation. Um, he goes down in game one. He hit his he, – he had one of those, like, falls where you it, – it's not – it doesn't look bad when you first see it, but it's one of those like ones where he didn't fall like on his butt or his back or like his legs or his hand he fell like on the on his tailbone which is what I should have just said to start off what I was getting to but it's like that that like bone the like in between like your butt and your back which I mean you think about it and you're like all right cool like whatever but but until you've like suffered a tailbone industry injury and and those people out there who have like you know exactly what I'm talking about it is it is that worst like point at which you're you know you're you're kind of your your backside becomes your you know your stand up back where your spine is and you don't you don't want to be falling there right you don't want to be injuring that part of your body but that's exactly what happened to Giannis and and it, and it was one of those that's like sometimes you can see a guy fall like that it, he'll get right back up it will be no problem and sometimes it's like it's really bad right and that's kind of what we thought it was going to be for Giannis and he was actually out of the rest of game one and that's what actually you know that's well a big part of what led Miami to winning game one uh and and then I think Giannis was out for game two yeah Giannis was out again for game two uh and then but the Bucks won by like 30 for 40 points or something and everybody's like okay cool like if they can win you know it's kind of a fluky win by, by Miami in game one you know if they if they can if they can be well if the Bucks can be without Giannis and still win game two by this many points especially with you know still having Jimmy Butler on the other side too then you know it, it'll be no contest for the rest of the series but no um the Heat's came the Heat came out and won three straight games after that and so then what became this big you know social media blow up drama thing was that a reporter asked Giannis after the series he asked Giannis you know was this season a failure and obviously you know, Giannis being the competitor that he is, he says, of course not, right? It's it's just a step in the process of 
you know, learning, competing, and 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 getting better to become the best uh, that that you ever can. And you know, a lot of people took that to kind of be a a slight as as like you know, all right. At the end of the day, you know, you, you guys lost as a you, you had the best record in the NBA in the regular season. You're coming into the playoffs and you're the favorite to win the championship, and you lose in five games to a team that had to that wouldn't even technically wasn't even supposed to be there, right? The Heat played in the play-in game, and that was the only reason that they were uh, that they were even playing the Bucks in the first place was because they um, they actually lost the first playoff game and then won or play-in game and then they won, they beat the the Bulls uh, in the second play-in game, and they and they were able to get the eight seed. So that's obviously marks the first time that a play-in team has won a series. Now, I don't think it's going to happen again for a pretty long time. But obviously, when you get a, a team like this, the Heat, who again are not like, and I know I'm kind of going all over here because I don't really have Hayden to kind of keep me on the rails here, but like the Heat are the same team. I mean, this is the same team, you know, more or less, right? They had Kevin Love. They had a Kevin Love now and and uh, and, a, and a guy named Gabe Vincent who nobody heard of before the playoffs is now, you know, averaging like 25 points a game. But they they've added pieces, okay, you know, they've they've lost some pieces whatever it may be, but this is largely the same team that got to the NBA Finals in 2020. Now, that was obviously the bubble year, right? And you had LeBron and the, and the Lakers were, you know, won the championship that year, but the but the Heat I think we're the five seed. They ran through the East, right? They faced off against the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. That was the first time that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and that 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 squad reached for that that Celtics squad reached the NBA or the uh, the Eastern Conference Finals. And the Heat again blew them out, right? They get to the NBA Finals, and I think the you know I don't remember how many games it went, but but obviously they lost to the Lakers because Anthony Davis was like, I'm gonna put the team on on my back. And and speaking of Anthony Davis putting the team on his back, he he is sure doing that in this playoffs as well. But right, I mean this this Heat team coached by Eric Spolstra. Who was there for the entire LeBron year or the entire LeBron tenure, right in Miami? And he's won championships before. He's been here before. He doesn't have LeBron and Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade that he did back in 2012 and 2013. But he's a really good coach. And this is 10 years later, and he's still here, and he knows the game. And the you know these pieces: Jimmy Butler, Duncan Robinson, Bam Adebayo, right? These guys are all like stars in the NBA and, and guys who have played and Kevin Love, obviously, um, you know, have played on championship teams before, have made all-star games before. And they're an eight seed in the East when you're thinking to yourself, like with again, coach by Alex like this whole the whole team, Pat Riley's still the owner and the GM, and he he makes all the calls for who they're signing and what like this team should have never been an eight seed in my mind, right? So for all the people who are coming at Giannis and being like, yes, your season is a failure. How dare you not acknowledge your season as being a failure? Okay, all right? It, yes, yes. The best team in the NBA should not have lost to the eight seed who had to win a play, who went had to win, who had who went one and one in play-in games to even reach this spot in the first place. Yes, the Bucks should not have lost the series. And they should not have lost a series in five, right? Um, you know, if anything, okay, you get to a game seven and anything can happen. You're on your home court and all right, there's maybe more Miami fans there and okay, fine, right? But 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 no, I mean they got they got outplayed from beginning to end. And I mean that was kind of the the craziest part of this too, is the fact that the Bucks have been here before, right? So when we go back to 2021, 2020 even, um well actually no, 2021 uh, was when they was when they won. I'm trying to I'm trying to remember. That was when I started my job. I'm like trying to think back. That was the year after the, yeah, because the bubble year they had to do the playoffs and the championship like in the fall, so they didn't play the championship for 2021. Yeah, okay. So so like the 2019 2020 Bucks seasons when when Giannis was kind of you know he was winning Defensive Player of the Year. He wasn't like the MVP level that he was when they were obviously you know 2021 when they won the championship or anything, but. 
he was kind of he was almost there right um and you you kind of look back and i don't know i mean i think like during those seasons the bucks were always so good in the regular season right and and then they got to the playoffs and they wouldn't be able to do anything and they were never a one seed losing to an eight seed but it was kind of like they'd win their first round playoff game or playoff series and then they'd lose to the four seed or the five seed right or they were a two seed and they'd win their first round playoff series and then they'd lose to the six seed or the three seed and and, and so they never even really got to that place where you're like okay this is a championship level team it was kind of always like this is a really good regular season team and and I even I mean I, we hadn't started the podcast but just in talking to my friends and stuff I we kept always saying I'm like it's because of Giannis and and the fact that nobody like on a on a Tuesday night in the middle of November and you're and you're the Charlotte Hornets like you're not trying to defend Giannis right you don't care right and especially for a Charlotte team that's tanking right I mean I'm not most of the NBA teams aren't tanking I understand that but like just that's the point is like if you're if you're in and like day in and day out you're on the regular season grind of an 82 game regular season in the NBA and you're playing Giannis on an off night and it's like you're on the road and you're like dude I don't I don't really want to be up here in Milwaukee dude it's cold like I'm just trying to go home uh you you're not going to really try to win that game, or at least you're not going to be as incentivized as you would if you were, you know, in the playoffs, uh, you know, trying to win a championship here. So that's why the Bucks were so able, you know, they were able to be so good in the regular season, and then they got to the playoffs, and teams started to actually just basically guard Giannis, and they would win the series, and the Bucks would lose, and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, what is wrong with this team? Well, it turns out you can't have Giannis be the only player on your team, so they go, you know, they go and get Chris Middleton. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you, you get Brooke Lopez, all the, these guys that can, can support Giannis and, and, you know, in his absence and when he maybe doesn't have a uh, or when he has a bad night or, you know, it forces other teams to defend good players, solid players, where then, you know, Giannis can, can find himself not double teamed for, you know, for once in his life. And so obviously you go from that, from a team like that in those, you know, those 2019, 2020 years uh, to to 2021 when you know they're winning the championship and it's like oh my gosh okay finally this team can do this right Giannis has reached the peak he you know he he's 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 had this huge transformation here he is right he's he's won a championship so this is a championship level team now that's why this loss to Miami is as surprising as it is right because you're saying to yourself all right like obviously Giannis is hurt okay cool right but but you know you've made moves in order to get guys who can supplant that right Drew Holiday one of the best defenders in the entire league his offense was going off the charts too you know kind of in the in, to end the regular season here uh and then he 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 plays terribly in this series right um you know, Chris Middleton obviously had the injury last year. He missed most of the year, or he missed about half the year uh, this year in the regular season, and he really hasn't looked the same as he was when they won the championship back in 2021. So you're thinking of all these pieces, and you're like, it just didn't really come together, right? And I think that's, again, I mean, in any sport, like, you're a team. That is the nature of the game. And and if your team isn't playing as a team, you're not gonna you're not gonna be really setting yourself up for success there. But the Heat and, and Eric Spolstra specifically has such a unique ability to utilize the pieces on his team and play them in a way in which they understand this is for the team, right? Um and even even smaller additions like Kyle Lowry, right? Like a guy who you know, was I mean, he obviously won the championship in in, in Toronto, uh, but Kawhi was kind of mostly the you know the, the the guy who was kind of you know he was he was doing most of that work, um, and they actually beat the Bucks in that in that championship back then, and, and I think that was twenty twenty twenty, um, or no, sorry, that was I think that was twenty eighteen. Either way, um, 
you're looking at you're looking at you know the Miami team and you're thinking all right cool like you know th- this is a team that really it, it knows who they they know who they are and and I think you know I think definitely the Bucks definitely underlooked the Heat or overlooked the Heat um, thinking that they you know they could go into the series and it would be easy and you know no sweat and and here they are right on the, on the losing end of this so um, it was surprising it was it it, it was weird um, just watching the games uh, it was kind of an indictment on the great season that the Bucks had, um, you know, and, and all that Giannis has done for them. And obviously, you know, they had the best record in the entire NBA during the regular season. And they, you know, they lose in five to, to this heat team. But again, and we're, and we're seeing too with the heat too, man. And in the, in the, even in this next series with the Knicks, like they come out in the game, they win game one. I don't even think the Knicks were leading for a single second of that game. And it's in, you know, it's, it's, it's at Madison square garden right now. The Knicks came out in one game two to, to even up that series, but the heat were winning most of that game too. Um, so, so this, this Miami heat team, I think in that, and that's why I, at least this is the point I'm trying to make here. We are 15 minutes later. Um, is that this Heat team, I think, is better than an eight seed, right? It's better than a team that that had to win basically a winner go home game against the Bulls to even make it into the playoffs. And then much less, you know, here they are on well, with the advantage in, in going to the Eastern Conference Finals as an eight seed. But this team isn't an eight seed. And I knew that. I knew that all along. I have written down in the Google Doc here that we do for the schedule of our episodes that says Matt was too early on the Heat. And that is because I bet the Heat to go over the regular season win total. I think it was like 49 and a half. Like I bet them to go basically 50 and 30, right? Because after last year and, you know, they got to the Eastern Conference semifinals and they lost to the 76ers. And, okay, cool. Um but you're thinking, all right, you know, well, no, that, sorry, the 76ers was the first round. Um, they ended up losing the Celtics in the second round, but, you know, they still were great, and, and they added in the offseason and everything. So I'm like, dude, this, the Heat are going to be so good this season. And they just, for, for whatever reason, the regular season, they weren't able to put it together. But dang, you know, once we get to the playoffs, it, again, it's it's a different, it's a different, it's a different team. And it's a, and it's a different Jimmy Butler, right, to be to be completely honest. Like, this guy is the one who's carrying them, and we, we see it, you know. And, and so I, I love that this is kind of what the heat have turned into um and and i saw it i saw them being a good team this year i just didn't i saw it during the regular season i didn't i didn't see them you know kind of coming into the playoffs and 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 being this good and again it's just it's just so crazy how like this team who had to win a win a play-in game to even get into the playoffs was just completely blew by the team that had the most regular season wins in the uh in, in the entire nba it's just but again that's that's why you love the sport that's why you you know that's why you that's why we watch and now obviously they're in a really good season or a really good series against the knicks and you know if i had to put my money on it i'd say that miami's probably gonna win now obviously i have the advantage of knowing that they already stole a game in msg right um and they look like the better team. And I uh, didn't even mention, obviously, Jimmy Butler is hurt. Okay. He rolled his ankle and we don't know kind of the severity of that ankle sprain, but he didn't even play in game two and the heat were winning most of the game, I think into the fourth quarter even. And, and the Knicks kind of finally came back and RJ Barrett had a, had a few clutch buckets to, to win it for the Knicks. But it's like, dude, it, it, I mean, I think game three is on Saturday, so Jimmy Butler's going to have like four days of rest. Uh, and, and I think, he, you know, he should be back and he should be fine. But it's like this Heat team, I, I think, you know, ha- has looked probably the best of any team, maybe outside the Nuggets of the entire playoffs, right? Much less the Celtics, right? Much less, um, you know, the Lakers or the Warriors or whoever. So I, I think that, you know, weirdly enough, Again, it's like if you look at this Heat team and how they've played, you'd think that they were, you know, think they were a three seed at the most, right? Um, but here they are, man, as an eight seed. I, I love to see it. I love to see the lower seeds win. Um, so I think this is really great. Uh, but man, the Bucks, it's just, it's a, it's a, 
it's a sad thing to see them go and in a in a in a space where they weren't supposed to, right? I mean, last year they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, they lost to the Celtics. All right, cool, right? Um, it was looking that like that was a crash course or or a collision course uh, this year as well. Obviously, it didn't happen, but you you really hope that. And you know that the Bucks are going to be good in the regular season, right? They're probably going to be the number one seed in the East as we go into next year as well. Uh, but but you kind of hope that 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 expectation, that momentum, can carry them to, I mean, at least a first round playoff series win, right? Much less like they won a championship two years ago. So, but they have that in the past. So I, I believe they can do it again, and that's why I'm you know I'm, I'm not going to be out on the Bucks here, and I'm not calling, um, you know, I'm not calling Giannis a failure this season as a whole. Yes, the season in specificity is a failure because they were the best regular season team and they lost in five games to a team that had that had to win their last game of a play-in uh, to even get to the playoffs. So yes, by definition, that season is a failure, but Giannis is not as a player. Like, and that's what everybody's coming at him for. So, so I don't, I don't buy any of that. Um, and, and hopefully that, you know, hopefully, hopefully you guys don't either. <laughs> uh, the second biggest kind of, and, and again, I'm ranking these in kind of order of, um, how interesting they were in terms of the series, both for the NBA and the NHL. Uh, so the second most interesting series in the NBA was obviously the Lakers beating the Grizzlies. They won in six, right? Um, and obviously everything coming out of this series was Dylan Brooks versus LeBron. And, I mean, it is what it is. I, everything that's been said about Dylan Brooks uh, by media members, by random people on Twitter, and also by the Grizzlies, which we find out found out yesterday – is 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 true. I mean, this guy's kind of a scumbag, not even a scumbag, just just a just childish, just immature. Everything that he d- did, everything he said, uh, everything he didn't say when he declined his media availability, I think after game four, uh, w- was 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 just not how you want to see a team or a player act on a team that again hasn't really accomplished much. And that's kind of the the big story here. Is the fact that the Grizzlies, man, I mean, they, they kind of came out of nowhere, you know, two years ago when Josh started, you know, he, he started ramping up, right? Um, and and obviously, you know, they draft Desmond Bain, they draft Dylan Brooks, they they, they add Stephen Adams, a piece that, well, he, he had been there for a while, but, um, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. So there's they have so many names and young guys on their team. They got to the you know they got to the playoffs last year. They were the two seed. They got to the playoffs this year. They were the two seed. Obviously, they won their first round playoff game or playoff series last year, and then ended up losing uh, it, to the to the Warriors in the second round. But the Warriors won the championship last year, right? So the Grizzlies really can say, hey, we we just we just got the worst look of the draw because we played the championship team in the second round of the playoffs. Well, this year you really had no excuse. Well, and you had you had a chance to play the Warriors again in the second round of the playoffs, but you couldn't even get past the Lakers. Now, obviously the Lakers should they have been a 7 seed? Probably not, right? Because now we see how good Anthony Davis is when he's playing at his best and obviously they added a lot of pieces somehow Austin Reeves comes out of nowhere and is looking like an all-star D'Angelo Russell after years of not being able to seemingly not be able to play basketball uh, is, is now, you know, he scored 31 game six when they closed out, uh, closed out the Grizzlies. So you have a lot of pieces on this Lakers team that obviously shown through. And actually that was the kind of the, the coolest stat coming out of this series in five of the six games, the Lakers had a different player as their highest score, which included, Obviously, aforementioned Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Austin Reeves, uh, Rory Hachimura, uh, and then and then D'Angelo Russell. So it's like you know the, the guys who you didn't think could be quite literally you know leading scorers in playoffs games for for a playoff team or for you know a team that that looks like very well like it could compete for a championship you're getting the most out of these players and I think again it goes back to the LeBron factor man like everywhere he's gone he has made everybody else on the team better and 
obviously that is a fact, right? I'm not I'm not making any hot take. I'm not I'm not revolutionizing the basketball theology here uh, by saying that LeBron James makes makes his team better or his teammates better. But it, it's so true, and you can see it. At, like this almost is the best example of that. Like everywhere else he went in Miami, he had you know he brought the big three with him. In Cleveland, same thing, brought the big three with him. And here in in, in L.A., you know, it, it took a couple of years. Obviously, you know, they won the championship in 2020, but after that, I think they missed the playoffs both of the last two years. And they haven't looked good at all because Anthony Davis has been hurt the whole time. You had Russell Westbrook for a stint, uh, and, and that didn't work out, obviously. But, you know, now with a bunch of guys who really aren't expecting the ball a lot and, and who are willing to play on a team or play like a team uh, and realize that LeBron and AD are the best players on this Lakers team, it, it, it's working out. So, And as much as I don't like the Lakers because of how good they were for so long with Kobe and Shaq and then obviously, you know, as, as – you have to respect LeBron so much that you you just don't want to see him win sometimes, but it really is a beautiful thing when something like this happens. Um, so yeah. And obviously again, to go back to him versus Dylan Brooks, in case you haven't heard somehow, um, I don't know how you wouldn't have heard, but Dylan Brooks after I think game game three, I think is when, uh, no, I think after game four, it was, was it two, two after game four? I think it was, um, the, uh, the Grizzlies won and they won by like 30 points or whatever. And Dylan Brooks starts going after LeBron. He basically says he's an old man. I don't respect anybody that old unless they can put up 40 points on me. Now, LeBron didn't put up 40 points on Dylan Brooks, but uh, in game six, the game that the, the game that the Lakers won to close out the Grizzlies, the Lakers won by 40 points. So, uh, so, so just, just ultimate, ultimate, um, bookending of a, of a storybook there for for Dylan Brooks, who then afterwards obviously caught a lot of flack for just the comments that even the comments that he said during that game. And then after when they had got completely blown out the last two games, he declines his his media availability, basically saying, I don't want to talk to the media. I don't want to answer any questions. He got a twenty five thousand dollar fine for that. But that was really the key. That was the part where people started saying, OK, this guy just is, is really just immature right now. Like he how can you, you, you just, you can't talk all that talk and then not even say anything or, or basically just say, no, I didn't mean any of that. Like it was all like, no, you're, you're a professional athlete. You have this spotlight for a reason and you're all cool in the locker room. You're wearing your sunglasses. So it's like, you know, if, if he was to be like, yeah, you know, I said those things and, and, uh, and, and I really didn't think that they were that good. I thought we were going to win and we didn't then. Okay, fine. Even if he's like, yep, I stand by that. Like I didn't really, you know, obviously I probably shouldn't have said it, but you know, I still, I, I love my team and I'm here for them Then that's fine. But this was so proven. Well, it was proven how immature he was and how childish this entire thing was by the fact that literally like three days after that the Grizzlies said he is not being brought back because it was a contract year right so they're not bringing him back for next year under any circumstances so some other team who at this point who would want to take on Dylan Brooks is going to have to sign him and if no no team does then that's fine I mean it's going to happen at some point for someone um and it's again I always try to look at both sides to every story I can the only way that I can see this in a not even a positive light, but that I can kind of reconcile it in my mind is that the Grizzlies with, you know, obviously Ja and 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 Desmond Bain and Steven Adams, like they're a tough team. They're in Memphis, which is a tough city, and and they talk the talk and they're and they back it up during the regular season. I will make that caveat there in the regular season. But they but and 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 so maybe because you didn't have Steven Adams for any of these playoff games and John Morant was dealing with the injury the entire time you lost Brandon Clark right who's who's an excellent defender 
they were a handicapped team from the beginning. They they probably weren't going to win the series from the beginning. I picked the Lakers to win the series when I did my playoff bracket before you know before any of the games were even played. They probably weren't set up to win this series, but I think that Dylan Brooks almost felt like he had to carry that entire mentality by himself. So that big bad guy, tough guy mentality, we talk the talk, you know, we're 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 the bad guys, we want all the smoke. Because the other guys who normally talk that talk, mainly job, but the team as a whole that had that vibe, that kind of half of it, they weren't able to play. And so he's kind of like, well, it's on me now. It's all on my shoulders. I have to perform and I have to talk the talk like we normally would. But it's like, you don't don't have to, dude. All right. And obviously that that was shown by, you know, how kind of crazy everything got and how literally nobody's defending Dylan Brooks at this point. Again, that's the only thing that I can even think of in my mind that says – Maybe that's what he was thinking in terms of like, I'm still going to hold up that tough guy thing. You know, we're young, but we're cool and we want the smoke. But again, it's like, dude, you've, you know, I I don't know. I mean, the last two years, like you've gotten the two seed in the West and great. You've had, you've had great regular seasons. um, But, you know, but you lose in the second round of the, of of the Western conference playoffs last year to the Warriors, the eventual champions. Okay, fine. Uh, And then you lose in the first round in six games to the Lakers who were a seven seed this year. And, and it's, you know, you're letting Austin Reeves beat you. So, so that's kind of my mentality here is like, it's, it's not, it's just not all adding up. Um, obviously, the Grizzlies were without Stephen Adams, John Morant, and Brandon Clark for the majority of this series, and and you shouldn't be expected to win those series when you don't have those players. So, to a certain extent, you can almost, you know, you can almost, I guess, kind of, you know, gratify it and say that, hey, you know, it, it, next year may be better, right? If they're not, if they're not injured, that series goes differently, and they're able to beat the Lakers. But that's not what happened. So, so the fact that Dylan Brooks is still kind of keeping up his. Uh, Keeping up his 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 uh, childish mentalities is is not probably not the best idea for him. Hope it will it'll be interesting to see where he gets a contract next next if if he does uh, at all. The third one, third series that we're going to be talking about here, the Warriors with the Kings in seven games. This was probably the most entertaining. Uh, it, it had the least drama in terms of like off the court uh, slash you know what's what's happening, the drama between the players. Um, but it was the most entertaining by far. Steph has the most points ever, 50 points in a game seven. Uh, the Warriors break the road record curse. So, I mean, they were horrible during during the regular season on the road. I think they had the worst road record in the history of the league like that's ever been recorded. Uh, but they were able to do that. They won uh, games five and seven in Sacramento and, and, and took that series away. But I think the, the – the, and obviously great for the, great for the Warriors. They're the champions. We know it. You know, we, we expect this, right? I mean, they were expected to win the series to begin with, so they, they, they came out. But I think it was, you know, the takeaway that I have from the series at least is the fact that the Kings are here to stay, right? They are a young team, but they played their butts off, and they played a lot better than I think a lot of us thought, right? Like, okay, if you tell me to begin this series, this is going to be a Game 7 series or, you know, a seven-game series – I, I would say, wow, that's crazy because I would not expect the Kings to be able to win three against the Warriors, especially a couple of them in, you know, in 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 the Warriors home, you know, home court. So I'm excited for the Kings team who obviously, you know, they, they broke the longest playoff streak in or playoff drought um, in NBA history and um, professional sports and, and all that stuff, like all of the kind of the bad stuff that the Kings have, have faced for so long here you know, kind of came to fruition in a series against the Warriors who obviously, you know, it was a three, six matchup and the Warriors were the sixth seed. And in that case, you know, it's, it's an upset by seed line, but it's not because the Warriors have won four out of the last six championships. Right. So, um, 
so you can't, you know, you, you really just can't, uh, can't, can't blame the Kings for that. But I mean, seriously, you think the Kings, you know, a team that, you know, got the three seed in the West this year, they, they, I think they scored the most, they were like offensive efficiency wise, um, the best in the history of the league or something like that. And you're thinking, okay, that can't, because they have a horrible defense that can't, that can't keep them or help them keep up in a regular series or in a playoff series. And it really did. I mean, their defense, you know, it was what it was, but they played with the Warriors who are a proven championship level team. So uh, I, I like that the Kings, I, I like their, I like the, the, the aspirations of their future. I mean, they have great young players. Darren Fox is, is amazing, right? Watching him play is just so fun. Um, Sabonis, Demontes Sabonis had a really bad series, which I think that, you know, if he was able to play kind of at his A game, they might have actually had probably could have won this series. Um, he, he just, he was, he was taking such short shots and just like high percentage shots, obviously he shot like 62% or something like that, but, but not taking any chances, right? He, he didn't take any, take many threes, didn't take many, uh, you know, shots from, from outside the paint. So I think that, you know, if, if he was able to play a little bit better, I think that would have complimented De'Aaron Fox uh, and Malik Monk's great play and, and maybe knock off the Warriors but obviously it's one of those things where you you want to see the Warriors move on because their dynasty is coming to an end whereas the Kings they have a lot of time left with this with this young core the next series was the Celtics so they beat the Heat or they beat the Hawks uh in six games it was it should have been should have been less than that and I'll get to that in a second um my takeaway from this series is that the Celtics have the same problem and that Trey Young has the same problem <laughs> as before, right? Um, the Celtics problem has always been, and just you, you watch the games and you see it, and we saw this in game one against Philly where they lose at home as 10-point favorites. The ball just gets stuck with Tatum, with Brown, and, and sometimes with Horford, and it's just like they have – and again, this team has been together. This core has been together for like five years now. They've been to multiple Eastern Conference Finals. They went to the they went to the NBA Finals last year, but they're never able to really put it together. And it just look I, I don't know. It just looks choppy sometimes. And 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 I think it's because Jason Tatum and all of his greatness just sometimes thinks that he needs to pick up the slack for this team. That maybe if they're in a shooting slump, he's like, I can get us out of this. But it's like not not really, man. Like you, you know, sometimes that you just can't. So I don't I don't know how they're gonna be able to I don't know how they're gonna fare. I mean at this point they're they're losing to the Sixers right. They're down one zero uh, in this series and, and game two is tonight. So we'll see. But um but but it it really just it looks like it's the same problem over and over and, and the ball just gets stuck and these guys aren't able to move it and if they're not hitting shots they're not doing well. Um and the fact is they were hitting the shots like in the first half of that of that Sixers game they were going off. I think they were shooting like 85 percent or something like that. Seventeen for twenty I think in the first quarter and then they're only up by three at halftime you're like what's going on man so um crazy discrepancies there the next one was the Knicks beat the Cavs uh in five uh four to one I, well oh first of all let me go back to the Celtics worst beat ever right um I gave out the Celtics to Celtic basically Celtics minus two and a half games right for them to win uh either in five or four games the only reason I lost that was because um the uh because Trey Young hits that hits that last second shot and, and he hits a buzzer beater in game five at uh in Boston. And I'm like, are you kidding me, dude? Um so I lost there, but I did win on the Knicks. Uh they beat there. I said plus one and a half as I take them in the series. They were plus one fifteen, they were underdogs, and they win the they won the series in five, but you can tell you know, it is what it is with the Cavs, man. I mean, they 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 have a big man problem, is is my takeaway, right? Jared Allen uh and Evan Mobley. They're they're kind of 
they're, they're not the inside bruisers defensive to offensive production machines that you would that you would think that they would be or that you'd want them to be, right? They're not your Giannis, Jokic, Embiid types. They're kind of just like they're good offensively. Well, let's put it this way. Evan Mobley is amazing offensively and Jared Allen's amazingly defensively, which is which is good if you're if you're if you're playing them kind of off each other. Um but but again but none neither of them are are playing as big men in terms of getting in there, you know, really pushing people around and doing what big men are supposed to do. So you kind of come away from that and you're like, I, you know, it, it's a little tough to see where they're going to go from here. And they're clearly, again, clearly a regular season team. They get to the playoffs and, and, you know, they struggled a little bit. And one of the things too that I said was J.B. Bickerstaff, who's their coach, it's his first year coaching the team too, right? So you got to give him some time to, you know, kind of just play together. It was Donovan Mitchell's first season with the, with the Cavs as well. So, and he played amazing, right? And then the whole throughout the regular season as well as the playoffs. Um, and so you, you, you kind of look at it and you're like, it, it makes sense as to where, you know, they got to the four seed in the East and, and they won a bunch of their games in the regular season. They lose in the first round of the playoffs to a Nick team that is more experienced and has a more experienced coach. And that's really why, I mean, that's why I said to, to, uh, that they were going to win in, in the first place. And so I think that, you know, that was kind of the, um, that was kind of the takeaway from from this series. Again, not much, uh, you know, not much on the on the drama side, I guess, because um, it even looked like that. I mean, the Knicks. I think the Knicks won uh, won Game One in Cleveland, and you're looking like, all right, well, you know, that's that's kind of uh, that's kind of it, especially when they, you know, they came out in Game Three and and, and absolutely crushed. Uh, the next one was the Suns. They beat the Clippers in five. Um, it was it was weird. Obviously, it was weird because the Clippers won Game One, right? Um, but but again, at that point, they had home field advantage or they had home court advantage. So at that point, you're kind of thinking, you know, all right, like it's it's kind of actually, um, I think it was interesting too because you, well, actually, I think the um, the Suns were the, yeah, actually the Suns were, were had home court in that game, so the Clippers won on the Suns' home court, uh, which is interesting to me at least. Uh, but but again, in that game, Kawhi went off right, and then he basically, you know, the knee injury comes back, and he's not he's not anything like he was, uh, you know, it, it, towards the end of the regular season and in that first game of the the Suns series. Paul George, their second best player, didn't play at all. I mean, he didn't play the rest of the, you know, the end of the regular season uh, at any of the playoffs, you know, at all. And so that's kind of the thing is, like, this team could be good. And even Russell Westbrook, right, for as much slack as we give him, like, he came out and he played a, he played pretty well. He had one, you know, he had one stinker there, I think, in game two. Uh, but the rest of the games, he he played well. And you can see where this team is going, where when they have other other players healthy, it could be one of the best teams in the West. But – you know, when Kawhi has been injured for more than half the season, each of the last four years, basically ever since he got to the Clippers, uh, it's it's been it's been tough to kind of get you know that sense that okay, this team can actually do some damage here. Same with Paul George; he's great when he's great, and we saw that with the Thunder. Like he's on a team with a bunch of young guys who, you know, he's he's actually carrying um, in, in the playoffs, and 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 he he was playing really well. But when he's able to play, then he he does play well. But he's if he's hurt, he can't do anything. And when your two best players are hurt, you're not going to be able to beat the Suns, who obviously you know now have uh, now have Kevin Durant. Uh, the the only the only other takeaway that I had from this series was that the Suns bench could be a problem. We've seen this already play out in the in the Nuggets series. They're down two zero now. Obviously, the Nuggets, you know. They're the one seed in the West. They have Jokic. They have you know they have Murray in it, and 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 they have uh, Michael Porter Jr. and and all those guys. And so, you know, you you kind of expect that the the the, the Nuggets are going to make this a series. Obviously, I had the Suns winning the NBA Finals. Um, I still think they can win the series again. I think a, you know a two zero deficit doesn't really mean as much as it used to. Obviously, you know we saw the Warriors go down two zero to the Kings, and then they, you know, 
they win four of the next five games and they win the series, right? I think the Suns could very well do that. But the problem is they they gave up their entire bench, their entire depth for Kevin Durant. Now, obviously, right, you know, having Kevin Durant is probably more worth it than having, you know, Cam Johnson and, and, and Mikhail Bridges, but those guys are integral, right? They were integral on a team that got to the NBA Finals two years ago. So the fact that, you know, you don't have that, you know, that bench talent anymore, it, it, yes, it's replaced by KD, but he can only do so much, especially when DeAndre Ayton is just like looking around and not playing like he should be, not making rebounds at all. Um, so yeah, so so obviously the Suns kind of rolled in this series, but they're they're kind of up against it here with the Nuggets, and I wouldn't be surprised surprised if the Nuggets win the series. And I, I mean, I think you know they're the deeper team. Are they the better team? I, you know, talent wise, the Suns have more talent because you have Chris Paul, you have Devin Booker, you have DeAndre Ayton, you have Kevin Durant. Like with those four guys, especially with those being your four starters, you should be able to beat a team like the Nuggets. But you know, at the end of the day, man, like it, it comes down to you know, if, if it if it does come down to to, to bench depth, then um, you know, you're not really going to be able to. Um, you know, win, win a series all the time. And and I think that's kind of what we're finding out here specifically regarding the Suns. And obviously Chris Paul is now hurt too, and that can be a whole thing. And they said that he might be out for the rest of the series. And it's just like, the you know, it, it's it's like deja vu all over again, but in the worst possible way for the Suns and, and, and that team who has so much, you know, so much potential, but just is never able to capitalize on it when it comes to kind of, you know, going all the way and winning an NBA championship. The Nuggets aforementioned, they beat the Timberwolves in five games. Not, again, not surprised at all. Um, I was surprised that the Timberwolves even won one game. Uh, the only series with real no talking points, I think the only thing um, is that the the, the the T-Wolves, you can tell, absolutely, like, completely ruined their future with that Rudy Gobert trade. It's not... It's not a good thing when obviously they gave up a lot of assets and they're giving up picks and they're giving up players uh, to to the Jazz who now are rebuilding and looking really good for for a player who doesn't work well with the rest of your team, right? I mean that was kind of I mean and it came to fruition with the you know the Kyle Anderson incident that was in the right that was the last game of the regular season uh, for 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 Rudy Gobert and it's like you you can't that can't be what your team puts out on a daily basis when. You're expecting so much more, and you know, realistically, a deep run in the playoffs is possible with a with a young core like this. And Anthony, I mean, Anthony Edwards is, is one of the best young players in the league, right? Straight up and down. So the fact that he is not playing well with you know Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns, who again, Carl Towns, I, I don't even really want to talk about it. It's just like you you. He he brands himself as the best shooting big in the league, and okay, he won the three point contest last year. That's great. You don't have the best three point shooters in in the league that are always competing in that contest. So it, I think it's 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 kind of a it's kind of a made up title. I think at this point uh, in the first place, but but he he doesn't he, he's just so he's just so wishy washy that it doesn't always it doesn't look fluid, um, and and it obviously doesn't work with a team that is is built around you know, kind of going from the outside in when you're playing as, as it pertains to Anthony, uh, Anthony Edwards doing his work on the outside, you know, getting his shots and he's going to get his, and he had some 40 point games and, you know, he, he's a ridiculous talent. Uh, but, but the difference between a guy like Rudy Gobert and, and, uh, and, and Carl Anthony Towns, who in, in a, in a world where, you know, bigs playing basketball could be the next revolution of the game. This combination is not is not what you want to see, especially how it's ending up, right? So, I, I think that unfortunately the T Wolves really kind of screwed themselves here, especially with that trade uh, for Rudy Gobert, where they traded away kind of they pretty much traded away their whole future for a player who doesn't fit their team. 
it's kind of the worst thing possible, um, especially because you know they only got a seven seed, right? So, and that's not good. I mean, that's not anywhere close to where you want to be. That I even have a chance to go to the second round of the playoffs, um, because well, they got the eight seed, obviously. Sorry, um, because the Nuggets were the one seed, but but that's not where you want to be if you're a Timberwolves team who just traded the entire future for a player in Rudy Gobert who's not that great, uh, but also where you have a lot of expectations for the future when it comes to trying to build this team for a championship win now type of team it's not it's not even close and and i think that's kind of the takeaway that i have here and the fact that i mean this team is talented but it's not putting together anything any, anywhere close to the way that it was supposed to or that you would want it to look now that completes all the series for the nba the fun fact though uh and just kind of to close this out it's the first time in nba history in which the eight teams left rep- each represent a different seed line so there's obviously eight seeds um on each side and now with you know kind of there being eight teams left there's one seed for each team so you have the one seed nuggets um the two seed celtics the three seed i mean i'm not even i, I don't i want to go through all of them here um but uh but the three seed 76ers four seed suns five seed knicks six seed warriors seven seed lakers and eight seed heat i think that's super cool i, I don't think it's going to happen like probably ever again or at least it's going to be forever until that does happen again because essentially you need a, an eight seed and a 17 seed to win their first round playoff matchups and again now in the way that the like where the NBA is going now, where the regular season doesn't matter as much, and the teams, the best teams in the NBA, know that they can get into the playoffs, and that you know you lose one game at on home court, it doesn't really matter that much. You know, similar to what the Lakers and the and the Warriors are doing in this year's playoffs, like to that point, you don't need to be great in the regular season. So you might, we actually might end up seeing a lot more of these kind of huge upset. Well, what seems like huge upsets in, in seed terminology, but not necessarily for, or as it pertains to the talent level of the teams. Like obviously the Warriors are not a six seed in the way that the talent wise, they're not a six seed. Uh, you know, they're a one seed or a two seed, but that's just kind of based on where they were at in the regular season. They kind of coasted, Right, they sat. Uh, they sat Steph Curry for a lot of these games. Klay Thompson only played about half the season. They basically gave up on all their road games. They didn't even want to win their road games. And here they are, right, as a sixth seed with a chance to go to the Western Conference Finals. And obviously, they, you know, they lost Game One at home, uh, but last night to the to the Lakers. But uh, but in terms of just ha- having you know these kind of seed line upsets, I think it's actually going to become more popular uh, than it was previously. Switching over to the NHL right now, I kind of went a little bit um, on here at first. And again, like I said, there's really only two – there were only two upsets, so there there isn't much drama, I think, besides obviously the two big ones. The Panthers beat the Bruins in seven games. Uh, the President's Cup curse lives on. Uh, the the – there hasn't been the presence. The last time, the last time a, a team that won the Presidents Cup won the uh, Stanley Cup was actually back in 2013. So it's been uh, over 10 years now, where basically the best team in the regular season uh, does not win the Stanley Cup final. And the interesting thing about this is the Panthers won it last year, right? So the Florida Panthers won the Presidents Cup, Cup trophy last year, and I think they lost in the second round, uh, maybe maybe in the first round last year uh, in the playoffs. So so they're kind of getting that revenge, right? They're like, all right, there's no pressure on us this year. We're going to go in there and we're going to beat uh, the Bruins. And, and interestingly enough, again, so much was made about how the Bruins, you know, this season they they, they you know they broke the 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 regular season wins record. They broke the points record. This is a historic team in the regular season who broke all of these records. But again, they're going up against the Panthers team who last year won the Presidents Cup. Right? They won. They had the most points in the league last year. 
And they only added players to it. So I think we're seeing that now too because the Panthers played the the, the Maple Leafs in the in the first in game one yesterday, and the Panthers won that game four two, and it really wasn't ever close. I mean, it was tied uh, at one point, but but only for a couple a couple seconds. And so you see that you know this is a team that where and I th- maybe it's a, just a, a larger kind of statement on on the state of hockey right now where. You know, if you go into the playoffs with all of these expectations, having won so much in the regular season and having done so well, that you kind of get to the playoffs and and you have so much expectation and so much pressure on you to do so well that you kind of just choke it away. And I think we, you know, we saw. I think the Bruins and the Avalanche both suffered from this this year, uh, especially when, especially when, especially for the Bruins who are going up against the Panthers team, who last year were in their same exact situation, now have absolutely no pressure on them. And we saw it again in the, you know, against the Maple Leafs, who, you know. Beat the Lightning, and, and you know for their first playoff playoff series win in 19 years against what could have been a you know a, a, a potential dynasty uh, in Tampa, but obviously the, you know the Leafs get that get that series win, and their fans are celebrating like they just won the Super Bowl, right? And it's like the, you guys, you got a long way to go. You know, there's there's a lot more that we have between um you know between now and the Stanley Cup, which is obviously the ultimate goal here. Obviously, it's good for them to celebrate. Like you want to, I mean, it's it's been so long for you know for for really that city is kind of the only or that. You know, the, the the Leafs is 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 what that you know that's the team that that city rallies around. So for them to be able to perform in the playoffs is, I think, uh, you know, a, a real a really good story for you know for what it can be for Toronto. But the but the you know the fact of the matter is, you, you got to win. You got to keep going, and they're really not right now. And and, and it's funny because I was going to go on here and do some predictions and whatever, and I was actually going to predict the Panthers to beat the Lightning, or sorry, the the Panthers to beat the Maple Leafs, and then the Kraken to beat uh, to beat the Stars because. Again, these guys, these teams are playing with house money. There, there's no expectations. There's no pressure on them at all. And and honestly, that's a that's the best way to be playing hockey. So in my mind, so um, yeah. So so obviously, shout out to the Panthers for beating the Bruins. The Bruins lost three straight games in this series, and that was the only time that they had lost three straight games all season. Which I think is another staggering indictment on the fact that the Bruins just absolutely collapsed in this series. I mean, you're up 3-1. You lose three straight games, two of those in your own barn, right? I mean, come on, what are we doing here? Uh, so, yeah, so that is, again, just crazy, has pretty much, very historic uh, team in the Bruins losing on uh, uh, historically losing to a team that, you know, last year was really good and, and I think only got better in, in the offseason, right? So uh, look for the Panthers to make a deep run here as, as the playoffs go on. The other upset, like I said, was the Kraken over the Avalanche. Uh, they also won in, in seven games. And so here we have the reigning champs in, in the Avalanche. They lost to an expansion franchise in their second season in the league in their first playoff series as a team, uh, which I think is the craziest part about all of this is the fact that you know the Avalanche last year won the you know won the Stanley Cup and you know they were kind of the favorites to win it after. I mean, obviously the Panthers. I think you know they were the the Presidents Cup trophy. They had the most points after the regular season. But I think everybody kind of thought like the Avalanche are the team to beat, right? And especially in the West. Um, and and the Avalanche kind of ran through and, and they beat everyone and they won the cup and, and they beat the Lightning and it was a great series. But they were kind of the favorites, I think, going in and they actually you know they came through. They won uh, the Stanley Cup and and but they lost a lot from last year's team, right? So uh, a guy like Landeskog, who you know played through the end of the, uh, the Stanley Cup last year. He was out all of this year and and was going to try to come back for the playoffs, but couldn't because he you know because he played out uh, through he played through the injury last year uh, to end the series. And then two you know a guy like Nazem Kadri who is their was their best defenseman last year on a team that won the Stanley Cup, and he goes you know he gets shipped off to Calgary, and and sure he's making a lot of money, good for him, but you know that's 
a that's an integral part of this team that that helped win a championship last year that you don't have this year. So it's not surprising me. Uh, it's not surprising to me to see the the Avalanche. You know, losing. I would say. I mean, I would say obviously Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr are the two best players in the Avalanche, but losing their third and fourth best players, I would think, uh, is a big deal. Right for a team that that won the championship last year, but obviously the Kraken I think kind of came out of nowhere during the regular season, so nobody really had any expectations for them coming into the playoffs, especially because they're such a new team and you know you don't even really know. I mean, Matt Everly is their best player. Like, who, who's ever heard of that guy, right? So uh, the fact that they were able to beat the Avalanche I think is a really cool story. And again, they beat the Stars in overtime in Game One at you know in Dallas last night. And I, I think, again, I think it's – I could very well see this Kraken team kind of making a run here and just kind of surprising everybody, uh, you know, in, in, in kind of a in, in crazy fashion. The rest of the six series, as I said, the higher seed won. Um, the only other one that kind of had, you know, some – some I guess some real drama attached to it, I, it was the aforementioned – I mean, the Leafs beat the Lightning in six games. Um, in, again, interesting that, you know, the Lightning won uh, the first game, you know, very – very handily and then and it was kind of just like this oh my gosh it's going to happen again right this Leafs team that has been has had so much expectations going into this uh, you know going into their playoff series each of the last like three or four years continues to lose in the first round of the playoffs and it's going to happen again well no they actually you know they turned around uh, they turned around the story and, and and actually got that win which I think was really good for them um but again you know just you know, your first game in the second second round, and you lose four two in your own barn against a team, the Panthers, who I mean, obviously upset the Bruins and, and are a really good team, but that you you were heavily heavily favored to win this series, and they're already down and and down against it, right? Um, now, obviously, right, they lost to the Lightning in game one of the last series, and they ended up winning in six games. Okay, so they won four out of the last five games to went to beat the Lightning in that series. Very possible that they do the same thing against the Panthers, but. Again, we're getting later in the playoffs, and 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 once you're kind of you know once you get later in the playoffs, the teams that are playing well are going to continue to play well, and and so this Panthers team that has you know basically won five out of the last six games now is on a roll, and I don't I don't really see them see them slowing up. Again, I would I would prefer the Leafs to win just because again, like I said, the the the, the town and the city that that is behind them and and you know supports them so much, and I'd love to see a team from Canada win you know win the NHL uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs. But it's, I don't know. It's just, you know, it's, it's, I don't know if it'll happen this year uh, for the Leafs, unfortunately. Uh, the only other game that, or the only other series that was like really, really interesting up until the last second was the Devils and Rangers, which went to seven games. The Devils won in seven, in, well, they won game seven. So obviously they won the series. Uh, but this was a very interesting story, mostly because the Rangers won the first two games. Um, they were up 2 0 going into, uh, going into game three. And then the Devils won three straight games uh, to make it 3 2, you know, Devils up. And then the, and then the, the Rangers obviously won game six. And then the Devils won uh, game seven. But it was just, it was, it was kind of weird to see basically home ice in this series meant nothing, right? So the, the Rangers were the road team. They won the first two games. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, if the Rangers hold home, home, home ice advantage here, they could win. In the series they could sweep right they can they could win uh 4-0 and obviously the devils had no business or you know thought that you know they would have no business doing that so um it'll set up for a great series again second round series for the devils against the canes uh who beat the islanders in six this was probably 
one of the least entertaining series, I think, of the uh, of the, of the whole first round. Um, it was a series of twos. The Canes won the first two games. The Islanders won the next two games, and the Canes won the next two games uh, to win that series in six. So I, you know, I just thought that was interesting on how kind of that that happened there. The Oilers beat the Kings um, in six games. The Kings were up two to one, and the Oilers won three straight to to close out the series. The Oilers look hot, man. And you know, if we're gonna do predictions on who we think is gonna win or you know has potential to win, kind of the the Stanley Cup here, I think the I think everything is setting up perfectly for the Oilers. I think that they're they're actually favored to win against the the. the, the in the series, they're favored to win against the uh, against the Knights here, despite having the lower seed and not having home ice advantage. But I agree with it. I think this Oilers team is really great, and and I think you know for as much as they've kind of been compared to the Leafs in terms of just being you know just choking in the playoffs. I'm I'm hoping that they're able to kind of pull it, pull something together here. Obviously, we saw you know them kind of it, it it was almost the same as as the Leafs and Lightning when the Lightning win that first game like seven to two and you're like oh my god this is not going to happen again. Similar here with the Kings and the Oilers, right? The Kings were up two to one in the series and then the Oilers were like no we're we're putting our foot down here we're winning these next three games and that's what they did uh, to to win the series. So I have high hopes for the Oilers going on through the rest of the playoffs and I think they can at this point. Again, you know, I mean, they're playing the Knights. They're favored against the Knights. If they can beat the Knights, they're facing off against either the Kraken or the Stars, who they are much better than. So I think the Oilers probably have the best chance of any team to, you know, consistently make it to or to 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 certifiably make it to the the Stanley Cup final. I don't want to jinx them, but I would love to see them make it that far. And actually, me and Hayden each made two um, like brackets on ESPN. They had this like bracket challenge game. We each made two brackets uh, for you know for the whole NHL playoffs, and we each had the Bruins winning one and the Oilers winning uh, the other. So so that'll be pretty cool if, if we're able to kind of call it on those. Um, so definitely definitely gonna be an Oilers fan for the rest of the rest of the NHL playoffs here. Um, as for the other series, the Stars beat the Wild in six. Um, similar here to the Oilers, the Wild were up two to one. And the Stars won three games straight. I started to think that they were going to be maybe the team to beat in the West, but then you just see that last game, that game last night against the Kraken, where they were losing a lot of the game. Pavelski scored all four goals for the Stars, and it's like if you're only if if one guy is 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 going to be scoring all your goals in a series, that's not you know a series that you're going to be able to win. They gave up four goals in the first period to the to the Kraken too, which is very alarming, especially since their defense is kind of what they would have been predicated on for the most of the season, and, and kind of what had led them here uh, to to the playoffs. And and so that was you know again a little bit you know a, li- a little bit scary to see. And and again, I think that you know the Kraken are probably going to be able to win that series now. And now the very last series, the Knights beat the Jets four to one, uh, so they won in five games. Similar again, the Jets won game one and you're like, oh my gosh, are the Jets going to win this series? And the Knights sweep it from there. They won four straight games and they were like, nope, nope, we're the better team. Uh, but I think that's probably going to be the best. The, the, the Knights uh, are probably going to be part of the best series in the second round against the Oilers. Those get, Because of how talented both teams are and especially because, you know, it's, 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 it's two teams in cities who that's like their team, you know, and in Vegas, like they're, they're. The the, the the Knights, to be honest, like where they were the first professional sports team to move to Vegas ever since, you know, kind of the I think the Raiders were 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 there, you know, like 30, 40 years ago. They obviously moved back there a couple of years ago. But, yeah, so I think, that, you know, the city really rallies around the Knights. And similarly, uh, in Canada, especially, you know, they kind of only have two choices with the with the Leafs and the Oilers here. But I think that 
the western part of Canada is going to be really, uh, you know, really rooting for the Oilers in that series. So I think that's going to be the most entertaining series of the second round here. Um, but we will see. So um, that will end off this episode. Again, I, like I said, I think Hayden should be back on the next one. Depends on when we do it. I might do a solo pod for the for the weekend, considering that he's gone. Uh, we'll see. Again, it depends on kind of what what news is out there. Like I said, I didn't. We didn't. We did a whole draft. Um, you know, recap. There's probably more stuff to get to, so I can maybe kind of do a, a, a half draft recap, half kind of what what impact do I think the guys will have. There's already offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year odds uh, based on the draft uh, as well. So that'll be really fun uh, to look back on. I think, like I said, Hayden should be back next week, and and we will see you guys then.